Welcome to the MLB Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, riding solo, Josh Lander. Looking at a day of pretty big baseball slate here on Friday. Uh, Going to be looking at a few bets here. I like a lot of bets from one of these games especially, uh, and we'll get into a couple more. Also, we'll review this show here for you guys from yesterday that we went 2-1 and one on. Feel pretty good about that. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page as always. Continue to follow along with us. Coming back to you each and every weekday this regular season of the MLB. Also, want you to head to thelines.com. Check out the great content we have up on the site right now and use that odds finder tool to make sure you're getting the best odds available to you from all of these books giving us bets this baseball season. As I said, two and one on yesterday's show, up more than half a unit there. Got Shohei to get his 17 and a half outs. Michael Lorenzen also lost that game. So we got a nice little parlay there. Tanner Bybee did get his five and a half Ks, man. I didn't think he was going to get it. He came back out. I believe he pitched into the seventh and got his uh, last strikeout there with his final out that he that he uh, before he got pulled from that game in uh, the Guardians game against the Chai Sox. So thank you, Tanner Bybee, because Justin Steele did not get his over five and a half Ks at plus 115 on DraftKings. I guess the books knew something better there about it than, than I did because he's been striking out at a crazy rate and just couldn't get the ball past these Cardinals hitters. So we are 13 to 14 on the season, finally up more than a unit at least. Um, always don't want to lose money, right? But at least we're up a unit point two there as well. Uh, so let's jump into the first game I'm talking about here, Philly and the Pirates in a battle for the Keystone State. Not much of a battle anymore as the Pirates are pretty much tanking at this point. I've got three bets I'm looking at. I'll just give them all to you right now, and then I'll get into it. Uh, I'm going to hit Philly on the first five money line. I'm also going to hit them on the money line, and I'm also going to hit Wheeler to get six Ks, uh, at least six, and then Philly to win on the money line as well. That's a player performance double on FanDuel for minus 105 for 0.4 units. Uh, call me crazy. I just, I really love this game for Philly in this spot. I think Wheeler's dealing a lot better right now than he was. I mean, I know he is than he was at the beginning of the season. And that's a huge reason for why I feel good about backing him in this one. Uh, the Philly bat, or excuse me, the Pittsburgh bats as well against right-handed pitching have just plummeted in. It coincides with when they basically decided they weren't really going for a postseason berth and they really just wanted to get their, their prospects up, see how they played. And that's where they've been since July started, and that's why they're dead last in batting average against right-handed pitching. They are third worst in OPS against right-handed pitching. They have the fourth worst weighted runs created plus and the seventh highest strikeout percentage versus a man in Wheeler who's been dealing lately. He started out really bad this season. Uh, he had about a five ERA or so through much of the first half of the season. He ended uh, the, the first half of the, the break, at, uh, the all-star break rather, with a four ERA, a little bit higher. He's down to a 3.88 now after really three nice starts in a row. And really like five of his last six starts have been really nice. Um, and the reason is, is he's just been really good all season, to be honest. His FIP, his fielding independent numbers are are really, really good. He's basically the best pitcher in the league with, with his FIP. I think he's got the second highest FIP right now in the league. And that's throughout all of this ERA stuff that has just been, you know, really bloated throughout the whole year. He leads all pitchers and wins above replacement because he goes into the seventh pretty much every time, uh, at least the sixth, let's just be very clear. And then is very capable of a complete game. So there's there's reason to continue to back him for sure. I think part of the reason he's had struggles at times as well as many of these Phillies pitchers is that their defense is really bad for a lot of this season. It's getting better, mostly because Schwarber doesn't have to play in the field quite as much. And they've got Bryce Harper at first base, which helps a lot. So I feel like they're on the, the right trend and, and the Phillies are going to I'm 
believe make the playoffs they're still in a good spot to do so um, but they can't lose games like they did a few series ago so um, Mitch Keller in the meantime like on the mound for Pittsburgh we know how good he's been but he's got a complete sort of reverse trend going versus the way that uh, Zach Wheeler has started bad and turned his season around Keller started great and then turned his season around the wrong way in in his first 10 starts of the season he was at a 2-4-4 ERA and a 2-6-8 fifth Really, really good numbers. He was at the top of the league. In the last 11 games, we're at a 5-5-1 ERA and a 4-8-8 FIP. Um, there was a bit of an injury concern at one point. I think he, he haven't heard anything since maybe about, a, uh, like I said, about 11 starts ago when there was a dip in his velo uh, and it seemed like some of his pitches started missing a bit more, uh, like I said, rather, right around 11 starts ago. So um, his past two outings have been the worst by far. He gave up eight runs to the Guardians and he gave up six runs to the Angels. Um, he's still going deep into games. The Pirates still rely on him to, to eat up innings for them. Uh, I think they're fine having him eat up innings while they would rather not have many other guys need to come into the game on the mound for them because they don't really care if they win or not honestly so they're not trying to salvage anything and uh, I, I think it's a good good spot to to hit to back wheeler hit the fills the phillies uh, over the, the pirates in a number of different ways like i said so second favorite bet of the day is my guy scherzer i got him at over five and a half k's when i was betting on this last night i'm so sorry i forgot to check if it was still there but i imagine you can still get him for five and a half i got it on uh, DraftKings. Uh, and it, hopefully it didn't raise to the six and a half. It's, that's where I start to get scared because the, they're playing the Nationals, the Mets. And to be honest, the Nationals don't strike out very much against right-handed pitching. Like they're not good against right-handed pitching, but they also don't strike out against it. So that's why, you know, there's a little bit less. Yeah, you can still get five and a half for sure. or probably been juiced down a bit more even. But if you want to take him to get six Ks, that's something I feel really good about. The I did want to break down a little bit of why the Nats have appeared to be good against right-handed pitching as of late, or at least not striking out. It's because they're not batting against strikeout pitchers their last three times out uh, excuse me in the in their last 10 games they've struck out at least seven times uh they've struck out at least six times as a team in seven of their last 10 have the nets in the three games that they did not strike out six times at least over their last 10 games the three times were against colorado peter lambert was pitching that game he has eight k's in his last five so you know he's not a strikeout pitcher alex wood also had eight k's in uh in his last five starts right? So less than a a K per outing or per inning, essentially Um, really, really bad numbers for, for strikeout pitchers there. And then the other game was a combo of uh, San Francisco giants relievers where they got Disclafani in there. Gabe Kapler sometimes does this weird thing where he starts the the reliever and then gets the, um, if he likes the, if he doesn't like the matchups of the first couple batters, he'll put the sort of one of the relievers in, then bring his starter in, especially a guy like Disclafani, who's not exactly a a world beater. Um, And so it was just a combination of relievers that took on the, the, Nats offense and failed and struck him out five times and, and and as opposed to six, which is where I need Scherzer in this one. And, and I feel good about him doing that. The uh, the Nats, while they have been decent against right handed pitching, especially as of late on the season, they're still bad. They they don't create runs. They're in the bottom 10 in, in WRC plus. They're in the bottom 10 in OPS and slugging because they just they don't hit the ball hard against righties. I think Scherzer is going to be able to uh, to get this by them, not necessarily with ease, but I think he's going to get up to the six K's. I think that the Mets are going to always rely on Scherzer and Verlander to go at least six, if not seven, eight when they can get it from them. Um, and I think Scherzer coming in on normal rest and pitching really, really well as of late. Uh, I would feel good about him getting the six K's in this one, which he's done, by the way, in all of uh, five of his last six. He's gotten at least six K's uh, with most of those being seven. So feel good about that. Moving on to the last game here. Not a sexy game, but I think there's some uh, value to be had in backing an underdog, which I always love doing when I can get uh, some good value on on that in, in the majors here. Detroit 
to win against Miami. That's plus 130 on DraftKings for 0.3 units. And I'm fading Braxton Garrett. Like, I, I also like Reese Olsen, and it gives me a chance to talk about my fantasy team where I picked him up a little while ago um, because he was a, a prospect for the, the Tigers that I figured they would get in there. He, he hasn't really topped five innings, but uh, he's been pretty much the same picture as Braxton Garrett on the expected numbers and a little bit better on the core numbers there. So Braxton Garrett, 7.85 ERA in July. That's over 18 and a third innings, uh, three starts there. So do with that what you will. Obviously, that's huge and bloated. The XERA is at uh, 463, so a little bit lower, but still higher than you'd like for, for Garrett uh, on this Marlins squad that relies so heavily on pitching to win games. And both these pitchers are pretty much the same as of late in terms of really high strikeout rates, really low walk rates. Um, and I still like these pitchers to get touched up a little bit, even though these offenses are so bad. Um, but I just think the way that Garrett's been pitching, you look at the the way guys have been hitting the ball off him, a 10% barrel rate above that, an average exit velocity off of his pitches of 90, uh, 92 miles an hour, basically 91 and a half miles an hour. Um, and these guys are making hard contact off of him. They're seeing it a lot. Nearly 45% of the time, they're getting hard contact against Braxton Garrett. This is all over the last three starts for him. Um, so smaller sample size, but something that has been a problem for him all season with guys sort of seeing the ball off of him and him not throwing very many balls. I mean, that's he's, he's not walking guys because he's throwing the ball over the plate, but when he doesn't get it by guys, it gets hit hard. So Reese Olsen's in the same really similar position. Uh, he, he's actually been able to get guys to chase a little bit more than Garrett uh, over the course of the last four weeks or so, like we talked about in July. Um, and and he hasn't put it all together. Let's be very clear. Like Reese Olsen has some work to do for sure, but you feel really encouraged by a five and a half percent walk rate and a 25% strikeout rate. And and he's getting guys to chase. Like I said, his swing strike rate uh, over the last four weeks has also been in the top like 85th percentile or so. So he, he's better than people realize because no one's heard of him yet. But I think by next season, Reese Olsen is going to be a guy that's getting some decent amount of burn um, for this this Detroit Tigers team. And I think in this one, you can feel pretty good about taking him on the money line plus 130. I think they also have a slight edge in the pen. It's, it's probably about the same, to be honest, the Tigers and the, and the Marlins bullpens, but might give a slight edge to the Tigers in this one. So that's why I like the, the money line at plus 130. Got a claw and scratch for that value here in the MLB, which I believe we're doing today. So that is all the time I have for you. Continue to like and subscribe and follow along with me. Uh, Nate will be back. I just spoke to him. We got just another week of only Josh until we get our, our guy Nate back to throw some picks in here for you. Get maybe like five or six of them each show instead of just the three or four that I have for you. Although I gave you three in that Philly Pittsburgh game today. So hopefully we cash that one and we can feel like we're just winning the day after that. And then we'll uh, everything else will be icing on the cake. So until I see you next. Happy betting.